Well, good morning, friends. Um, this morning, uh, I have the privilege to share. Um, Greg asked me if I would share a couple of weeks ago, and and um, and I I consider it a very uh, a real honor and privilege every time I'm asked to share. So, Lord, we lift this time to you as we look at your scriptures. We look at your character. We ask that you would please speak to us. That you'd open our eyes to see your truth. You'd open our hearts to receive it. You'd open up our, our full self, Lord, as we apply it into our lives today. And we commit it to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. I, want to, I had another message on my heart earlier in the week. And then as the week went on, I, I felt like the Lord was changing it. Um, on Tuesday morning, I went in very early to have surgery on my right eye to remove a cataract. And um, it was a quite stressful time because the hurricane was coming. <laughs> so, uh, I was supposed to be at the air, the uh, hospital at 5.30 in the morning on Tuesday. And I was watching the weather reports on Monday and I thought, Lord, the storm is supposed to come through right during that time. What should I do? Should I cancel? Should I reschedule? I was very, very concerned about it. And as I went through the day and I talked to the person who was going to drive me, she was like, oh, you know, no problem. We'll just wait until five in the morning and see what it's like. And, and I went out for a walk that day and I said, Lord, I hate to live like that. <laughs> Although I live like that when I'm overseas all the time, but when I'm here, I just don't like that level of unpredictability for some reason. Pat says I'm, a, an, I'm, a, I'm an enigma. I do. I, I live one way overseas and I live a different way here. Um, but it is true. Um, when I'm overseas, I know I'm not in control. I just don't, I just give it up. But when I'm here, something about being in my own country, in my own culture, I just want to be in control and I want to be able to predict things. You can't predict the weather. So literally at 4.30 in the morning, I got up and looked out the door and it was quiet. The storm had passed through and I was able to have the surgery done. But um, it, the, the whole thing about having, you know, this eye surgery and having this cataract taken out and I have to have the next one done in a couple of weeks really made me stop and think a lot about vision, spiritual vision and our eyesight. And, um, you know, when you get a cataract, what happens is little by little, um, your vision is, becomes darker, but you don't realize it. You don't realize it until it's taken out and you see how much more light is coming into your eye. And so little by little, my vision over the last couple of years, you know, has become darker, blurrier to the fact that when I went in for an eye exam and they put the chart up and they said, can you see anything? I said, no. Then they made it bigger or they said, can you see it now? I said, no. Then they made it really big and they said, can you see it? I said, no. <laughs> and they said, well, you think you need your cataract taken out. <laughs> so, um, and when I drove, and when I took the patch off later on Tuesday and I opened up my eye, I could not believe the difference. This left eye is, that hasn't been done yet is like so dark compared to the new eye, the new lens. And you know, it's the same for us as we think about spiritual vision. And so the title of the message this morning is, Lord, I want to see. Lord, I want to see. And um, I want to share some principles about sight 
in the scriptures because spiritual sight is um, physical sight is a blessing. You know, if we, if, you know, people that don't have physical sight, you know, they, you, they can't see, they, uh, they have to use a cane. They have to redevelop uh, other senses to be able to, to manage and to cope. Sight is a gift, but spiritual sight is also a gift that we don't take for granted. Spiritual sight is not automatic. Um, it is something that is developed over time. Spiritual sight is something that we, we grow into and we trust the Lord to give us spiritual sight. And without spiritual sight, we might have physical eyes, but we can be spiritually very blind and not even realize it. And in the time that we're living in right now with the COVID crisis, the, the, the economic fallout, the unemployment, the bombs. You know, this morning I was out finishing up my message and I felt the earthquake and I went, oh my gosh, that's an earthquake. <laughs> I was sitting on my back patio and I felt it. And I have felt the earthquakes before when I was living out in Hawaii and I thought, it's an earthquake. Um, and so I really wanted this topic this morning is how do we gain spiritual sight that is so important for us to make it through our life and our life journey. So um, you can go ahead and put the PowerPoint up, Bill. I will just take a few slides and then um, uh, we'll stop at different times to talk about a few things. So, um, but the, um, the, the first slide, like I said, is Lord, I want to see, and you can go down to the next one, Bill. Um, the next slide is that the scriptures talk a lot about sight and blindness. If you look, if you look up in, a, in the um, commentary, you know, how many times the Lord talks about seeing or to see, seeing and blindness. I mean, there are literally hundreds of scriptures about this topic because the, the kingdom of God is all about light and darkness. The kingdom of God is all about light and darkness. Do we live in the light? Do we live in the darkness? How much light do we have? How much sight do we really have? When things go wrong, when things are difficult, how well are we seeing what's going on? How well do we perceive what the Lord is doing and how do we respond? And so there, the scriptures are loaded with these verses. And I wanna just give a few examples out of the Old Testament, if you go to the next slide. In the Old Testament, there's a lot of stuff in there about blindness. As a matter of fact, you know, last week, Roger was speaking about, you know, the sacrificial system, you know, and all the animal sacrifices for, for sin and for guilt. And do you know that if an animal was blind or defective in any way, it could not be offered as a sacrifice? because to be blind was considered a defect and it would be offensive to the Lord to offer that kind of an animal to, as a sacrifice. So blind animals couldn't be used. The Bible talks a lot about in the Old Testament and in the New about how if you take a bribe, you, it blinds you to justice. And so, you know, even the, the prophets and, you know, they talked a lot about you know, don't take bribes. Those of you that are in authority, don't take bribes or you're not going to be a good judge. You're not going to be a, a good ruler. Um, 
In the Old Testament, it talks about how people who disobey the Lord will be like the blind who grope in darkness. So one of the reasons that we often are spiritually blind is because we're walking in disobedience. And so, and the Bible's so clear, it's very graphic in the Old Testament where it talks about if we disobey the Lord, we're going to be spiritually blind and we're going to be walking around in the dark wondering what in the world is going on. Um, Spiritual blindness is considered just as dark as physical blindness in the Bible. That's what it talks about. Spiritual blindness is just as dark as physical blindness. And then, of course, our wonderful hope is that the Lord opens blind eyes, that the Lord is in the business of opening blind eyes. The Lord is in the business of opening our eyes to see what he was doing. Do you remember the story of um, you know, Elisha and his servant, and they were surrounded by this army, and the servant was really afraid, and Elijah, it was either Elijah or Elisha, prayed and said, Lord, open his eyes. And when the Lord opened the eyes of the servant, he saw the, the chariots of God and the angels all around them like this huge army. But it wasn't seen physically, it was seen spiritually, in the spirit. Um, he opened that man's eyes to see what was going on. So he, the Lord wants to open our eyes. Um, the next slide just shares a promise out of the Psalms. Psalm 146, 5 to 8. Um, it says, Blessed is he whose help is in the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever who executes justice for the oppressed, and he gives food for the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free, and the Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. You know, even in dark times, and we will always, uh, we will, in this life, we will experience dark times. Nobody gets a free pass in this life. Christian or non-Christian, we don't get a free pass that we will never go through difficult times. That is unhealthy theology. We are guaranteed that the Lord will be with us. He will never leave us or forsake us, but we are not guaranteed that we will never get sick. We are not guaranteed that we will not experience war. We are not guaranteed that we will not go through afflictions. The Bible simply says that this life is difficult, it's a broken world, but the Lord will be with us, and if we want to, the Lord will partner with us, and he will open our eyes to understand more of what he's doing, that we might join him in what he's doing on the earth. So the Lord opens the eyes of the blind. That's our great promise. If we go to the next slide. We see in the New Testament many examples of Jesus healing blind people. It's amazing how many stories are included in the Gospels about Jesus healing blind eyes. You know, you've got the two blind men in Matthew 9 who were following Jesus. Can you imagine blind people walking after Jesus? They can't see him, but they heard he was passing by. And they started crying out, oh, have mercy on us, son of David. Have mercy on us. We're blind. We want to see again. 
I mean, many blind people followed after Jesus. They're crying out to him, oh God, have mercy on us. Please heal our eyes. Um, Jesus healed the demon-possessed man in Matthew 12, who was both blind and he couldn't speak. And Jesus healed him and he could see and he could talk. Great crowds of people brought the crippled and the blind and the mute to Jesus and he healed them in Matthew 15. Jesus loves healing blind eyes. Blind Bartimaeus in Mark 10, the beggar who cried out to Jesus, oh Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Think about it. If you were blind, and you heard that Jesus was passing by and he was the Messiah who was healing people, man, I'd be crying out too. But you know what? We can cry out right now in this life with even the fact that we can see with our physical eyes, we can cry out and say, oh, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Please help me see. We are desperate to be able to see in the spirit what is the Lord really doing? And in Luke 4, Jesus declared this about himself. He said, the spirit of the Lord, this is a prophecy out of Isaiah that Jesus is repeating and saying, this is, I'm fulfilling it. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and the recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed. This is Jesus bringing the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. There is no blindness in heaven. There is no blindness in heaven. The, the glory of God lights up that space and, and, and people are, are seeing there like they've never seen before. There is no blindness there, but there is much blindness here. Um, go to the next slide. And uh, this is, but you know, Jesus also challenged his disciples while he was here on the earth. And in Mark 8, after, you know, they saw the miracles of Jesus feeding the multitudes and they had to cross over uh, the, the lake and they were all just talking about what was going on and oops, we must, we forgot to bring bread with us. And Jesus says to them, Having eyes, don't you see? Having ears, don't you hear? Don't you remember? I broke the five loaves for the five thousands, and how many baskets of broken pieces did you pick up? And they said, 12. And then I, I for this, and for this, and, and seven for the 4,000, how many baskets of broken pieces did you take up? And they said, seven. And he said to them, don't you get it yet? Don't you understand yet? Do you have eyes, but you can't see? And you know what? The Lord says that to us right now. He says it to me all the time. Camille, you, you're not seeing properly. Camille, you see, you see like you're seeing through a cataract. You're dim. You're dark. You, you, you only see partially. Um, Camille, you're not getting it yet. And I'm like, oh God, you're right. I desperately need to see the way you see. We, we really need the Lord to see properly. We go to the next slide. 
And we're going to look this morning at a particular story of Jesus healing a blind man. And it is in John 9. So I'd like to invite you to go to John chapter 9. And you can take the slide off now, Bill, because I'm going to read this story to you. And, uh, or just kind of, I'm going to just, yeah, I'm going to read the story, but this is out of an, more of a paraphrased version. So it is, I'm just going to be like telling you the story, okay? And I'm going to, and I'm going to put on my cataract glasses so that I can, I can show you this is what it's, it's this is what it, blind people wear glasses like this, okay? So here's the story. Jesus is walking down the street and he sees a man who's been blind from birth. And the disciples ask him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents that caused him to be blind? Now pay attention to that question because it tells you something about their theology, right? Jesus, who sinned causing the blindness? Jesus says, you're asking the wrong question, guys. You're looking for somebody to blame. There is no such cause and effect going on here. Look, look instead for what God can do. We need to be energetically working for the one who sent me here, working while the sun shines, because when the night falls, the workday is over. As long as I'm in the world, there's plenty of light. I am the world's light. Catch that. As long as I'm in the world, there's plenty of light. And then Jesus spit on the ground and made a paste and stuck it on the man's eyes and told him to go wash at a certain pool. And the man went, what did he have to lose, right? The man goes and washes himself in the pool. And when he comes up, he could see. He wasn't blind anymore. And soon the whole town was talking. <laughs> And his relatives and those that had seen him year after year begging as a blind man said, is this the man we knew? That he's a, he was a blind beggar. And other people said, yep, it's him. And others said, no way, that's not him. It just looks like him. But the man said, it's me, I'm the one. And they said, well, then how did your eyes get open? And he said, a man named Jesus made this paste for me and rubbed it on my eyes and told me to go wash in the pool of Siloam. And I did what he said and I washed and I can see. And they said, well, where is he? And he says, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where he is. He passed by, he put the mud on my eyes. He told me to go wash. And now he, I don't know where he is. So they marched the man over to the Pharisees. And of course, the day that Jesus did this was a Sabbath day, right? You're not supposed to do any work on the Sabbath. So the Pharisees talked to the man and said, what, how did you see? How did you get your eyesight back? And the man said, um, he put this paste on my eyes and I washed and now I see. And the Pharisees said, Pharisee said, this man can't be from God. He doesn't keep the Sabbath. And the other people said, well, how can a bad man do miraculous things like this? And there was a split. There was a division amongst them. Sound familiar? They came back at the blind man. You're the expert. He opened your eyes. Tell it. What do you say about him? And he says, well, he's a prophet. And the Jews didn't believe it. 
and they didn't believe that the man was blind to begin with. So they called his parents and they said, is this your son? The man, the man you say was blind. Is, is, is this the one is, how is it that he sees now? His parents said, we know he's our son. We know he was born blind, but we don't know how he came to see. We don't have a clue who opened his eyes. Why don't you ask him? He's a grown man. He can speak for himself. But his parents said this because they were intimidated by the Jewish leaders because they knew that if they believed in Jesus, they would be thrown out of the temple. So they called the man back a second time and they said, give credit to God. We know this man is an imposter. This is what the blind man said. I don't know. I know nothing about that one way or the other. But one thing I know for sure, I was blind and now I can see. And they said, well, how did he do it? What did he do? How did he open your eyes? And he said, I've told you over and over again, and you haven't listened. Why do you want to hear it again? Are you eager to become a follower of Jesus? And then the Pharisees were so mad. They said, you might be a disciple of that man, but we're disciples of Moses. We know for sure that God spoke to Moses, but we have no idea where this man comes from. The blind man said, listen to this. The blind man says, that's amazing. You claim to know nothing about him, but the fact is he opened my eyes. It's well known that God isn't at the beck and call of sinners, but he listens carefully to anyone who lives in reverence and does his will that someone has opened the eyes of a blind man has never been heard of before. If this man didn't come from God, he wouldn't be able to do anything. That's pretty cool from a blind man. <laughs> they said, you're nothing but dirt. You are nothing but dirt. How dare you speak to us that way? And they threw him out in the street. And Jesus heard what had happened. And he went and found him. And he said, do you believe in the son of man? The man said, point him out to me, sir, so I can believe in him. The blind man didn't even know who Jesus was. Jesus says, you're looking at him. Don't you recognize my voice? And he said, master, I believe. And he worshiped him. And then Jesus said to him, I have come into the world to bring everything into clear light of day making all the distinctions clear so that those who have never seen will see and those that have made a great pretense of seeing will be exposed as blind. And the Pharisees overheard what Jesus said and they said, are you calling us blind? And Jesus said, if you were really blind, you would be blameless. But since you claim to see everything so well, you're accountable for every fault and failure. Wow, what a story. Now, when we look at this story, we have to ask ourselves a lot of questions. Who are the characters in the story? Why are people so upset about the healing? And who's really blind and who's really not? Think about it. You have the relatives, the parents, the Pharisees, the crowd, the blind man, Jesus, the disciples. And you've got all these swirling ideas about what just happened to this blind man who was born blind. Everybody knew him. They'd seen him 
all the time, sitting at the roadside begging. And now he can see. Now he can see. You can put the PowerPoint back up, Bill. This miracle caused a lot of confusion and threw people into a great big debate. Who sees, who doesn't see? Who's blind, who's not blind? You can go to the next slide. Why are people, no, the, go back to that one. Why, who are the major characters? Why are people so upset? Well, the Pharisees are upset because it healed on the Sabbath. It broke the rules, so it must not be good. Um, the blind man doesn't even know who healed him, but he knows enough that, about God that he knows that God listens to people who walk with God. And he actually confronted the Pharisees, and the Pharisees treated him terribly and said, you don't know anything. You're dirt. You're scum. Who are you to speak to us that way? We're the intelligentsia. We're the ones who know all the law. We follow it to the letter. We know everything about the scriptures. Who are you calling blind? And then Jesus went and found the blind man who could now see. And then the Pharisees said to Jesus, are you calling us blind? And basically Jesus says, yes, I am. Who's blind and who's not? Who's blind and who's not? Next slide. There are many key principles in this story that I want to share with us this morning that are very important for us if we really want to see with spiritual eyes. And I, and it, like I said, it is a process. We grow into it, but we must want them. We must want to see, or we will be like those walking around in darkness. The church will not be any different from the unbelievers, and we will be walking around blaming each other having many divisions amongst us because we'll be groping in the dark about COVID-19. We'll be groping in the dark about all that's going on in our country, what's going on in the world. We won't be any different than anybody else unless the Lord helps us to see what's really going on. Do we want to be blind or do we want to see? First principle. Uh, next, next, no, go down the other way. There you go. We are all blind. We have to confess it. We are all blind. And in Matthew 7, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, why do you see the speck that's in your brother's eye, but you don't notice the log that's in yours? How can you say to your brother, let me take that out of your eye, but there's the log in your own. We're blind. I see, I see so clearly when I'm looking at the faults of other people, don't you? I mean, it's like 2020 vision, you know, the fault that somebody else has. And I don't see my own because I'm blind. Jesus told, tells us we are all blind and we are all in need of his sight, of his, his, his revelation to us about our own hearts, our own motivations, our own blind spots. So first of all, we're all blind and we need to just confess it. Secondly, um, we all have spiritual cataracts. <laughs> we can gradually lose our ability to see clearly. How does that happen? Well, the Bible talks about disobedience, pride, arrogance, hard hearts. The Pharisees represented tremendous spiritual pride. We know everything. You know nothing. 
we're the educated, you're the dumb ones. You know, we've got it all together. You're just terrible sinners. You see that throughout the Gospels, this co contrast between the Pharisees and the, and the sinners. And, and, but the other thing is we can develop spiritual cataracts because we only spend time with those who think just like we do. Our field of vision narrows and we become blind. Um, when, when we don't, when we only hang out with the people that think exactly like we do, they have the exact same theology, the exact same background, the exact same culture, then we become an echo chamber. We, we, just, we just echo off of each other and we just slap each other on the back and go, yeah, that's right, yep, you're right, because no, no one else with a different opinion is in our midst. Folks, this is deadly for spiritual vision. If we want spiritual vision, we must be open to listen to others, even unbelievers. We need to read. We need to, we need to read uh, what's going on. We need to ask the Lord for insight. We need wisdom, but we can't just close ourselves off in echo chambers. Or we will become spiritually uh, blind. You know, you, we have, you know, well, we're evangelical. Well, they're Catholics. Well, Catholics don't believe in Jesus. Some of them do. Well, you know, what about the Orthodox? Well, I know Orthodox believers who, are, who really love Jesus. Well, you know, I don't trust the Charismatics, you know, they're kind of strange. Um, I mean, honestly, we become our own worst enemy sometimes. You know, I'm a, I'm a Republican. All Democrats are, you know, terrible. There's lots of believers who are Democrats, folks. Sit down and talk with our black brothers and sisters. Most of them vote democratically. We have our own, we have our own list of sins that we think are the worst sins. And so we, 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 we create a channel for ourselves. We create, we create a box that we live in and we're not willing to come out of it. And then we demonize people that don't live in our box. Honestly, if you watch the news, you'd think Nancy Pelosi was the antichrist. And on the other side, they think Donald Trump is. I mean, it is crazy out there right now. Um, and fear and anxiety also blinds us. So we can develop spiritual cataracts if we're not careful. And so we see, we think we see, but we're seeing darkly. And we have so many divisions, even in our families, about, um, about the way that people perceive what's going on. Just talk to Richard and Carla and the conversations they're having in their family. I mean, it's tough stuff. We talked earlier about how to love. Love is hard work. Love is very hard work. Loving people that don't think the way that you do, loving people that don't perceive things the same way that you do, family members, neighbors, coworkers, even other Christians, it's hard work. Next slide. There are many things that shape our eyesight. And I, these are my favorite glasses to wear when I teach on worldview and I teach on this topic about eyeglasses and how we see. Many things shape our eyesight. Family background, socioeconomics. Our culture is one of the biggest things that shapes the way we see. The way we're educated, social media, internet, friends, experiences, our religion, our theology, our government, all kinds of things shape the way we see folks. We don't, even though we're all Christians, we don't all see things the same way because we've been shaped 
by many, many, many different things. Our eyeglasses are colored by what we, what, how we see. We even read scripture differently many times. So culture is one of our most shaping things. And so I hear on my uh, July 4th glasses, you know, you know, we, we often see things only through our own national perspective, Chinese perspective, Korean perspective, Peruvian, Ukrainian, Russian, uh, you know, American. We see things through our own glasses. And we tend to, we tend to even interpret scripture sometimes through cultural glasses rather than spiritual insight. So, you know, we say things, you know, that, um, you know, or we, we hear things on the media, you know, Muslims are our enemies. I, I, I have, I've worked and lived near Muslims. Radical jihadists, you know, you know, are, uh, are often enemies, but average Muslim people are not our enemies. Um, they are human beings made in the image of God. They, may, they perceive things differently, they need Jesus, but they're not our enemies. I grew up as a little girl with the whole tension between Russia and America and the atomic bomb. We used to hide under our desks at school to have bomb drills, you know, like that would really save us from a nuclear attack, right? Hide under your desk at school, you know, and I grew up learning that Russians were my enemy. I talked to a German and they said, Russians are not your enemy. Russians are our neighbors in Germany, and we are finding ways to, to live in peace with Russians. Um, so we just, we have to be careful that we're not looking through colored glasses, which is, means that the biblical culture, scripture is the overarching culture that we must have, which means that we have to be open to say, I'm not seeing clearly a lot of times. Why? because I'm looking through colored lenses. Okay, next slide. Um, we see dimly. In 1 Corinthians 13, Paul says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall now fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest is love. We sang about it this morning. We see dimly. We don't see the whole picture, but the greatest thing we have is love. Can we love in spite of the fact that we live in a world where we're all, um, we see so differently. And, and, and can we still love even when someone thinks so differently than we do? Recently, I was visiting my family in Texas and one of my sisters began to share with me her thoughts about what would take place during the funeral when my mom dies. And I was so shocked by her thoughts because she shared with me honestly how she felt and it really hurt my feelings because I have a different perception of what I would like to see happen at my mother's funeral. And it really bothered me deeply. And then I come back here and I'm processing and Pat says, do you wanna have a relationship with your sister when your mom, after your mom dies? I said, yes. She said, well, then you're gonna to have to find some ways 
to be able to walk together with your family. You, and, and you're going to have to have hard conversations, but you're going to have to find a way. So, so you know what? We see dimly. Next slide. Um, COVID-19 has exposed our deep blindness. We, there are so many competing voices about COVID-19. And, um, and so it's like the blind leading the blind. And you, you hear all this news about COVID-19 and, and uh, I've heard, you can't believe some of the things, I'm sure you probably can, some of the things I have heard already just in out in my doing daily stuff about COVID-19. My hairdresser told me that when the vaccine comes out, she won't take it because it's gonna have the mark of the beast mixed in with the vaccine, okay? That it's got a certain thing built into it, it's gonna track our every move. I said, well, why would they need to do that? Cell phones already do that. I've heard people tell me that come election time, COVID-19 will go away because it's all political. I've heard, um, you know, I mean, I've heard, you know, I read widely, I talk to ministry leaders and they're saying, Camille, COVID-19 isn't going away anytime soon. The economic fallout is gonna be bad. It already is bad. International travel is gonna be impacted for several years. You need to be open to the new things that God has for us. So what new things does God have for Crosswave in this time? What new things does God have for our church during this time? What new things does God have for YWAM during this time? Folks, we, we are the blind leading the blind. So what's the answer? <laughs> well, you know, you can, see, you can see where I'm going here. So go down to the next slide. What should our response be? I was reading an article yesterday by N.T. Wright, who's one of my favorite theologians. And this is what he said in his interview. He said, the Western church has been living with comfort and security for so long that we have forgotten how to deal with darkness, suffering, and crisis. Things like COVID-19 have happened throughout history. There was a great epidemic during the time of Martin Luther, and his advice to the church was obey the rules, take the medicine, help practically where possible, and don't give the disease to others if you might be infectious. Sound familiar? That's what Martin Luther wrote to the believers in his time, which was hundreds of years ago, when they had an epidemic. This is nothing new. It's just that we haven't had something like this in a hundred years we, since the Spanish flu. But honestly, the church has gone through so many difficult times, and the church has always been historically the ones that reached out and helped, no matter, the, no matter, the, no matter what. So the next slide. We need God to open our eyes. This is a scripture out of Revelation 3 that has always been so sobering to me. In Revelation 3, the message to one of the, the church in Laodicea was this, you say I'm rich, I'm prosperous, I need nothing. Not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. Honestly, folks, this could be the message to the American church right now to the Western church in general. You say, I'm rich, I've prospered, I don't need anything, but you don't realize you're wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich 
and white garments so that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen. And you need salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. We need God to open our eyes. We need a reset. How is God seeing these things? Honestly, I have seen Christians living in Africa on $2 a day, a lot happier than Christians living in America with everything you can imagine that they have. Next slide. We must keep our eyes on Jesus. He is the only thing, the only person who will keep us anchored in the midst of all that's going on politically, health-wise, economically. If we don't keep our eyes on Jesus, we're going to flounder. And he says, we are, the, Paul's, the, the writer of Hebrews says, we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, people that have walked for hundreds of years before us through epidemics, through the smallpox epidemic, through polio, through world wars, through the Roman Empire, all of those people, they're gone before us and they're cheering us on. They're saying, let's lay aside every weight and the sin that so clings to us, and let us run with endurance the race marked out for us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Folks, if we do not keep our eyes on Jesus, we are going to have a lot of problems. We are going to be filled with anxiety and fear, filled with it. Regardless of who wins the election, Jesus is still going to be on the throne. Jesus is our Savior, not a political person or a political party. Jesus is our Savior. And we have to keep our eyes on him through COVID. When it's gone, it'll be something else. We've got to keep our eyes on Jesus or we will flounder. We will get upset. We will have trouble. Next slide. Finally, do the work of the kingdom. Do the work of the kingdom. That's what, that's what we need to be about, the work of the kingdom. Out of Micah, oh, he has told you, O oh man, what's good, and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice right now. Do justice. Love kindness right now. Walk humbly with your God. What can we do now? Lots. There's lots going on right now in Raleigh, Apex, Cary, Holly Springs, Fuquay Arena, there's lots going on. Food banks are desperate for help. People are out of work. People need a smile. People need a word of encouragement. Shut-ins need visitors. The kingdom work isn't shut down just because of COVID-19. So do the work of the kingdom. Um, and so I just want to encourage us this morning, and believe me, I'm speaking to myself as if there's a huge mirror in front of me, because I have found that during this time, I have not done very well. Um, some days I've been filled with fear and anxiety. Some days I've been depressed. Some days I wanted to run outdoors and scream, I have control over nothing. And I can just see Jesus smiling going, yep, you're right. <laughs> But we long for control and order and predictability, and folks, we're not living in that time right now. And you know what? A missionary friend, a missionary, one of our major leaders in the Middle East wrote an email this week and said, welcome to the Middle East. People have lived and always live in the middle of disorder, chaos, and unpredictability. Welcome to the Middle East. 
And he says, and then he said, here's my advice. Blessed are the flexible. They will not be broken. <laughs> I thought, oh, God, help me. Blessed are the flexible. They will not be broken. <laughs> That's a good word. That's a good word. So I want to finish up this morning by inviting us to listen to a song that Bill has prepared. And the song is just, open my eyes, let there be light. And I want, during this song, during this, um, okay, this is just, as you're listening to the song, ask yourself this question. If you went to God for an eye checkup today, a spiritual eye checkup, what would he tell you? If you went to the Lord right now for your eye exam, your spiritual eye exam, what would he tell you? How is the COVID crisis, how are you doing in the midst of it? Let, how can we increase our insight and discernment and, and just really crying out to God, oh, send your light into my life. As we listen to this song, I pray that you would just reflect on this and ask the Lord what he wants to say to you. And when the song is over, we'll just come back as a big group and uh, open it up for a little bit of um, a re reflection.
precious song. I got one more pair of glasses to share with you. These are my COVID-19 goggles I wore on the plane. These are my eye protectors. So I'm gonna, these are my spiritual eye protectors. Keep me away from all the junk that's being thrown at us in the news and the media and all this stuff. Lord, protect our eyes so that we don't have stuff poisoning us. Lord, please help us to see the way you see. Oh, I'd just like to offer a prayer up and then Bill, I'll hand it back to you. Camille. Lord, thank you so much for your presence with us. Thank you that you open blind eyes. Thank you, we want your light, Lord. Please, we want your light. Have your way, Lord. Shine your light in our lives. Show us where we see dimly. Expand our vision. Help us to be people that walk in insight and discernment and wisdom. Help us to hang on to you in these difficult, challenging times. Help us to be your light, Lord, in the world around us, in our families, our neighborhoods, our workplaces. Lord, we love you. We love you. We thank you, Lord, that you are the one who heals our blindness. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Camille. <clears throat> Anyone have a, a comment they'd like to share about the message here this morning? Camille, I, I know that when I first introduced that first song and I talked about the burdens of the world and are we structured to carry these things, I thought I saw you smile <laughs> for a split second there. <laughs> um, and little did I realize that um, that you would be hammering that point home here this morning with us. So thank you. Yeah, I just uh, want to say I really appreciate what you guys have shared. You shared some things that have been on my heart quite a bit recently, just as far as uh, just the things people have been saying, posting online, uh, Christians that are just, um, I don't know, just way over the top. That's <laughs> all I can say. Even, even some things people I've known for a while that nobody, I'm not talking about anybody fellowship here, but just some others uh, that um, I'm just been surprised at seeing some things. Uh, so it, people just, you know, we got to be like, um, we got we to look, look at Jesus and take our eyes off the waters, off the waves, off the earthquakes, <laughs> you know, and, um, and pray for those. Pray if there's somebody that you just disagree with, you don't like, whether they're Christian or not Christian, to me, that's, that means you need to be praying for that person, not posting stuff online, making you know, just all sorts of statements and stuff. It's just, I, I just don't see it serves any purpose. So um, mm -hmm. I, I just want to reaffirm what you had to say. It was, uh, it was good to hear. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Richard. Yes. Yes. 
uh, I want to say thank you to Camille because you make me feel your wonderful speaker and teacher. You make me understand because of the different classes. And I like to decide the last one, the, the bubbles, it protects you. It mm. makes me feel kind of uh, experience from God to protect you from everything, all of the bad things happen. And uh, today we have an earthquake in the morning, and uh, I don't feel it. So it's kind to me right now. I'm thinking it's kind of like uh, God shaking your shoulder, maybe it reminds you to think about your life, to uh, spend more time with the one you love, mm. spend more time to think about how to treat the world, how to behave good. Thank you. Thank you, Jinjin. Thank you so much. You'll know that I'm a bit more controversial and um, <laughs> prophetic. <laughs> so there is a comment I'd like to make. Hopefully I can say it in the right way. I think one of the things that we're all struggling with is the difference between different opinions mm -hmm. um, the, the, it's not a political issue. It's not a Republican Democratic issue. Although there are people that uh, identify with Jesus on any side of some of these equations. The issue is light and darkness. And we are in a, a great place of difficulty where as we try to understand how to embrace someone who has a different view than we do, that we not embrace darkness. Mm -hmm. Amen. If we can keep clarity mm -hmm. about where the light of God is, and we can stay with his light, mm -hmm. with his heart, with his thoughts, with his way, then we can embrace a person. Mm -hmm. But if we become confused, mm -hmm. and there are many that are confused today, as to what is light and what is darkness. Mm -hmm. And they, in their effort to embrace people, are embracing darkness. Mm -hmm. And that greatly concerns me. Mm -hmm. Pat, you're absolutely right. And um, there is a difference between embracing a person and embracing darkness. Um, well, I think one of the, when I was preparing this message, I was thinking a lot about you because you've always challenged me to, uh, to, to go after spiritual insight and wisdom and discernment. And that's the heart of what I was trying to share this morning. Um, and, and I heard that, Camille. I'm not uh, in any way saying anything opposite of what you're saying. I'm just taking that next step. No, no I totally agree. Yeah, absolutely. You know, people have always had the old saying of never talk politics or religion because it's going to cause uh, arguments and stuff. Well, the reason people say that is because they matter. Mm -hmm. And those subjects matter a lot. Do. Now, you have to be able to talk about it in, a, in a, a way that brings light and not just confusion and aggravation, but they matter. Mm -hmm. 
doctrine matters. Mm -hmm. If you believe the wrong things about scripture or about the Lord, I mean, you, you're talking light and darkness and it matters greatly. And there are some things in politics that matter greatly. And other things, you know, we're, it's because we're confused and because uh, we, we start generating a lot of heat and no light at all, and we need to stay away from that. Mm -hmm. But these topics, they matter. They make a difference. So we have to know what we believe and really be able to defend it in a way that's not uh, accusatory and uh, divisive, but still maintain our hold on what, what truth is and not back away from truth. Absolutely. This is Penny. I'm on by phone. Can anybody hear me? Yes. Yes. Okay. I just wanted to share something that happened to me yesterday. And uh, first of all, Camille, I just want to thank you for sharing. You always say such wonderful things in such a way that it's very easy to understand. But um, yesterday, uh, well, the past couple of days, we had Crosswave. And as I was driving to Crosswave, I was praying for vision uh, for, for Crosswave as it moves ahead in the future. And as I was praying for vision, I literally lost my sight while I was driving. Uh, at first, it was my peripheral vision, um, and I started to see double and then it started moving forward towards the front of my face. And um, fortunately, I was um, only five minutes away from our my destination. It was easier to get there than come home. I, um, so I continued to drive. But by the time I, I got there, I, I was shaking so much because I was so afraid because I, I could not see. I mean, this was physically going on in my my um, my sight. And um, I found Mary and some other people, and they prayed for me. And um, um, Mary, Mary said something to me that really was um, – I've been, I've been chewing on it since because it was really kind of interesting. But if you hold your fingers up in front of your face, um, it's very blurry, and, and you have double vision. Um, but if you focus on further ahead um, and focus on one thing, you can see it pretty clearly, and the – your fingers in front of your face still are blurry, but what's, what's further ahead is clear. And I just was like, wow, that, there's a message in that. That's just really cool. You know, like if we, if we focus on Jesus and keep our, our sight um, towards the future and, and what he has for us, the things that are all around us um, get all blurry and, and lose their, their focus. And, um, um, and we don't, anyway, I'm not sure how all of it fits together, but, you know, it's like when we focus straight ahead and, and, and to Jesus, we can have pure vision. Um, and if we um, surround ourselves with and keep our focus on the things that are around us, we can become very, very afraid. And fortunately, later in the day, uh, my sight did improve. I, I, I don't know if I was having some dehydration or or a, a form of vertigo or whatever, but my my physical vision improved too. But um, there was just a message in that, just of focusing ahead into Jesus and allowing all the other things just to fall off, and because those are going to be all messed up and all unclear and and cause a lot of fear. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Penny. Thank you. 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 Thank you
Mr. Penny. Mm -hmm. Well, I think going along with what Pat said earlier, you know, the next three months are going to be very crazy. Um, you, you already see all the political ads are already out there. There's, you know, it's just, I always get so mad because I think, why don't they spend all that money to help some poor people rather than spend all that money on political ads? But, um, but it's, it's poisonous, it's ugly, um, and it, and then the social media is just crazy right now. So the next three, four months, man, we just need to tie a knot, hang on to it, and hang on to Jesus, and really be praying um, and, um, and asking the Lord for insight how to pray how to act, how to respond, but um, it's, yeah, it's pretty wild and it's going to get wilder, I think. So I encourage each one of us just to hang on and keep our focus on Jesus. So, so come to prayer meeting on Wednesday night <laughs> and we'll take all of these concerns to the Lord on every week. Um, I love each one of you. Um, Thank so, you, real privilege to be part of the church family. Yeah. And thank you for those that, 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 that commented on, on uh, Camille's message. Uh, is there anyone else that would like to share something before we come to a close here? Yeah, I would. Camille, that um, the story about the blind man and his family and the Pharisees and all of that kind of thing is just such a fascinating story. And I think the the man continued to focus on what he knew. Mm -hmm. He focused not on all these things he didn't know. It's like, well, I don't know about that. But, but what I do know is I once was blind, but now I see. Mm -hmm. And he had not mm -hmm. even seen the man who healed him. But then Jesus mm -hmm. says, I'm, I'm the man. Mm -hmm. And that, that whole encounter radically changed him. Mm -hmm. And I think as we focus on Jesus, we have to focus on what we know and who we know. Mm -hmm. um, because it's true, we can focus on all these other things that we don't know, and we just get into a, a state of chaos and confusion and, and the, what we can't control and all of that. And believe me, I understand that fully. Um, but I, I have to keep coming back and center myself on mm -hmm. who I know what I know, and and I do know once I was blind, but now I see, and I'm so grateful for that sight, and I want to see even more clearly. Thank you, Mary. So thank you for pointing us in that direction today. Um, a lot of things to chew on as well for the week, and um, I, I want to thank all of you who've been teaching and sharing over these number of months. Um, every week, it's just, it's, it's been really precious to hear your perspectives. And I believe that each one of you has sought the Lord as to what we as a fellowship are to have each week. And so thank you. Thank you all for paying that, that price for all of us. Um, I personally am grateful. And I believe that each one in our fellowship is very grateful to each one of you. Um, it's also wonderful to be able to celebrate times um, together but apart. 
And um, I don't know if all of y'all were on when we shared that Jean Wei's birthday was Friday. But oh. Jean, we, uh, in, in just a minute, I would like for us to sing to you because I, I know that you love music <laughs> and uh, th that you would like that if we sing happy birthday to you. Um, I also want to let us, uh, or, or just to let you know that tomorrow, Carla and Richard will be celebrating their 35th anniversary. Mm. And it's, it's been a special anniversary for them. They had planned a trip um, with their whole family because there are a lot of occasions to celebrate this year. Robin's graduation, uh, the birth of a grandchild, um, and I'm sure there are other celebrations in there, but they have not been able to do that. However, they are going to load up a van and they're going to drive to Portland in later on in August to be able to see their grandbaby for the first time. And that's part of this celebration they had planned one way, but it's going to be happening another way. And um, so their anniversary is tomorrow. And then um, my sister and brother-in-law, Martha and Larry, have an anniversary on Friday. So anyway, reasons to celebrate there. And I think if we could maybe unmute and all sing to Jean Wei, you're going to hear everybody coming in at different times. Okay. <laughs> okay, are you ready? It will, it will mark your memory forever, Jean Wei. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you lead us, Mary. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear John Ray. Happy birthday to you. Yay, and the violin. Shall we? we? We've never had a violinist accompany the happy birthday song. Bill's already mentioned it, but please join us. And if you are unable to join us, please send in prayer requests because it's been a precious time when we've been lifting things up to the Lord. And we certainly have seen answers to uh, a number of those prayers and other things we are continuing to pray. Okay. Eva, it's good again to see you from Texas. And we hope everything is, is going well with you and uh, Damien and then your family in Poland. We hope they're all doing well. Thank you. Hello, everyone. It's good to be with you all together. And uh, yes, everyone, everybody from my family are well. Thank you for praying for us. Thank you, Eva. Eva, do you, do you ride a bike a lot? I saw your bike picture up there earlier. <laughs> That was the time when I write a lot. Okay. <laughs> the picture. Okay. Eva was on the national cycling team um, headed toward the Olympics. And uh, she's an amazing person and an amazing, very gifted cyclist. Wow. So the physical therapy helps with the cycling, huh? 
I think Mary had said you were a physical therapist. Uh, yes, but I'm not practice here. Oh, you don't practice in here. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's a licensure mm -hmm. matter. A licensure matter. Yeah, I can understand. But we would have seen Eva in the Olympics had it not been for a, a health reason. But okay. she still cycles now, just not at the Olympic at pressure. The high level. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but Mary, you are one. Thank you for wonder, wonderful words. <laughs> I think you should be my manager. <laughs> <laughs> New job. <laughs> yeah. Mary's a good promoter. She I'm sees the, she sees the best in all of us. I think. Amen. Um, amen. Yeah. Well, any other manager. any other stories or comments or concerns anybody wants to share? Start school tomorrow. Oh, yeah, I promised that we would pray about school tomorrow. Right. Yes. Yeah, so, yes um, it's going to be very challenging with with all this COVID thing happening and some, some of the courses, a, a lot of them are like half online, half you go to the campus. Okay. And we're not sure how it will look like for him yet, but I'm, I'm sure it'll be a, a number of, of variables that have to go a certain day or not go a certain day or go here, but not there. And Places that are the flexible for they shall not be broken. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And he's, he's telling me this is supposed to be my hardest semester yet. And I always tell him, well, I know that you have challenges and he was like laughs at me, but. <laughs> yeah. And you'll be his biggest cheerleader. Right. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he would appreciate prayer for that okay. as well. Okay. And I think Penny will be starting school and others are starting virtual school. Yes. Yep. School is starting up. I know. And pray for the homeschool store too and all the homeschoolers. <laughs> <laughs> A whole new wave of things going on, isn't there, Carla? No, so, so much crazy there. Yeah. Okay. Well, I would like to pray for over these things and uh, let's pray together one last time here. Lord, I'd always heard that about cataracts is that you don't really realize what's happening as you begin to see less and less and less. And then just the joy and amazement when the operation is performed and, and things seem so much better. Lord, I, I think that's what we're all looking for here in the world today is what could be done that things would be so much better. And Lord, help us to recognize and discern between light and darkness mm -hmm. and help us to walk in the light, Lord, and not to walk in darkness again, even if we see our leaders walking in darkness, or here we see darkness promoted in the media, or we see all sorts of things, businesses lining up behind the darkness. Lord, give us discernment and give us wisdom. Lord, we bring to you all of our troubles. And we ask you, Lord, to build the kingdom among us. Lord, just thank you for these this birthday Yan Wei had and, and all these anniversaries. We thank you for the trip to Oregon that the Dennis's will take and pray that you'd bless that four days each way. 
to drive out there. And Lord, just the whole shift to, to more homeschooling and online learning for students everywhere. Lord, just so much transition, transition, change, different, flexibility, Lord. Lord, it seems like everything that can be shaken is being shaken to some degree. And we know, Lord, that the scripture tells us that this is the way it's going to be. There's going to be trials and persecutions and tribulations. And Lord, we have to cling. Well, we have to hold on to you because you're holding on to us. And Lord, I do pray for Jonathan and for Penny. Um, Lord, Henry's not with us this morning. I pray for grace, Lord. And Simon and Clara, as, as school starts up, Lord, others I may have missed. Um, Archibald and Archer, Lord, Lord, what may 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 this transition, Lord, be a, a moment where people lean upon you and find strength, Lord, from the well that never runs dry. Lord, learning learning truth seems like a, a godly thing. Learning the way you made the world. Learning how to, to love and serve one another. Lord, that, that's, that's a God-like thing that we need to embrace. So, Lord, I pray that, that you would uh, empower our, our, the people of our church to apply their best and, and to learn well, to teach well. And, Lord, we, we ask for your protection over us. We ask, Lord, for your strength and energy to, to live and, and move forward, Lord. We pray, Father, that we might sing within our soul the, the blessedness of knowing you and, and receiving your love. And, Lord, that we might stand in the face of any trial, any difficulty. And, Lord, apply that salve that, we, that our eyes need, that we might not be blind, that we truly might see. Lord, we rejoice in your word this morning. We rejoice, Lord, that we've seen one another. We've heard voices. And we pray, God, that we might walk with you this week. Lord, meet with us again corporately on Wednesday night and then again next Sunday, Lord. And Lord, I also pray one last time for just the fruit um, what, that would spring from the roots that were laid down yesterday in the Crosswave team. And Lord, yeah, flexibility is going to be key just as we seek, Lord, to minister to these young people and, and the college-age staff and the adult staff, and, Lord, all find that Jesus is our source, that he is gentle and lowly in heart. Lord, we thank you for that. So, Lord, I pray your blessing upon this, this church fellowship as we've gathered from different states and here this morning. And, Lord, God, I ask you you would walk with us this week. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.